0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Monday Check-In. Um, my name is Damon Jensen-Heitman. I'm one of the pastors at First Presbyterian Church of Hastings, Nebraska, uh, joined in this way by...
1: Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska, on this first day of February 2021. Yeah. whoo. Not only are we in 2021, we're already a month into 2021.
0: I know, isn't that fun? It's it's something. <laughs> uh, Groundhog Day, isn't that today? Is it? I don't think so. When's Groundhog
1: Day? I don't know. I got the Google machine here. Let me check. Yeah, you know,
0: they sent you your own Google machine. Groundhog Day. I think it's the first. It's gotta be the first. Tuesday, February second. Oh, the second. Mm.
1: And then the next question on Google, is Groundhog Day always February 2nd? And the answer is Groundhog Day happens on February 2nd every year. Usually Mm. there's a big celebration in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. That
0: every year uh, line felt as though it was aimed directly at me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I didn't appreciate Google's insistence on that. Uh, I'm going to write them a letter later on. The important question, Dame though, is
1: what is the name of the groundhog?
0: Oh, Punxatani, Phil.
1: Okay, good. Good.
0: Mm-hmm. Surely and, you've seen the movie Groundhog Day with Bill Murray. And great. Movie. Annie Mc, Annie Classic. Classic. And uh, there are they redoing it or something?
1: Or did they recycle um, part of it? There there was something in 2020 where they recycled a portion of it. I don't know. I'm making this up now. But um classic movie and uh yeah I there was something else I was gonna say but
0: it just completely <laughs> slipped my mind. So that's uh that's based on a book, that movie. Is and it a book? Yeah, and in the book he spends years in that in that cycle. In that loop. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. How does he finally break out of it in the book?
0: Uh that I don't know that, but And and I think like maybe he's supposed to be in it for years in the movie, but it doesn't necessarily come across that way. Yeah. At any rate, (laughs) so it's a not quite Groundhog Day edition of of the Monday check-in. The Monday check-in, for those who don't know, is uh, Greg and I here in a little bit, we'll have a little bit of a chat, a little bit of a preview of the scripture that we're going to use. One of the scriptures we're going to use for the upcoming Sunday worship service. And then following that, we switch gears and we talk a little bit about what's going on in the life of 1st Prez Hastings. Um, So yeah, there you go. Um, I think that I'm supposed to do the opening prayer? I think so. All right, let's do that. Loving and gracious God. We ask that your spirit might fall fresh upon us, that your words, that your wisdom, that your truth, that your questions, that your pondering might come to us again, that as we read your word, as we continue to study it, um, we might, through it, through it, we might gain some glimpse of you. And... Of your mission and of your teachings and of your ultimate truths. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, for this upcoming Sunday, uh, we have a little bit of scripture from the Gospel of Mark, Mark chapter 21, verses 29 oh. through 39. Not 20, chapter did I say chapter one. 21? Yeah. So, There's not even close to 21 chapters in the Gospel of Mark.
1: There aren't. And we've actually been working our way through the first chapter of the Gospel of Mark. That have been the, Those have been the parallel gospel readings um, for most of the season of Epiphany. And I haven't been focusing on them in my preaching, but we have been reading them. Mm-hmm. And so we've sort of seen a kickoff of Jesus' earthly ministry, which is what Mark does. And uh, so last week, you did read the passage right before this in Mark. Yeah. Um, and I think the week before we also used the Mark passage, although it didn't get preached on much, it was still, it was providing a foundation or a base for what we were talking about. And, uh, but this, this week, Damon's preaching
0: and you're going to focus on the Mark passage. That's my plan. And I've right. already submitted the bulletin and the bulletin has already been printed. So I don't really have a lot of other options.
1: Uh, you know, you have switched it up in the past, even after the bulletin has been printed. <laughs> I have. but I've been known to do that once or twice myself. <laughs> so uh, should the Spirit move you in such a way, Damon, feel free to uh, switch it up. However, um, I think talking about the, the kickoff of Jesus' earthly ministry is an interesting thing. Um, yeah. Gospel of yeah, Mark starts with Jesus' earthly ministry, as opposed to starting with Jesus' birth
0: narrative. So, Yep. Yeah. So this is Early Days Jesus Ministry. Uh, It's from chapter 1, verses 29 through 39. I combined 29 and 1. That's how I got 21. There we go. That's why I didn't do well in math. Um, But so it reads, uh, it reads something like this. As soon as they, they being Jesus and his newly called disciples, as soon as they left the synagogue, They entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons. And the whole city was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, everyone is searching for you. He answered, let us go on to the neighboring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do and he went throughout galilee proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons and there it ends greg what do you got
1: um kind of an exciting like we roll right into the story with jesus starting his earthly ministry right just just a few verses back he's he's calling his disciples gathering them Um, Then they go into the synagogue, and then boom, uh, we have this ministry of preaching and healing. Um, And for me, it's interesting because uh, in the previous passage, first of all, the the disciples that are named at this point are all male, and Jesus was preaching in the synagogue, which is a place where men would have gathered. Uh, But yet right here in the very first chapter of Mark, We take it out of this male-centric paradigm because we go into a private home, which was the domain of females at the time in first century Palestine. And we meet uh, Simon Peter's mother-in-law who's ill with a fever and he heals her. But what I see in that is this very first chapter of Mark, this proclamation of Jesus' ministry is that it's going to expand beyond the people who historically were touched by religious ministry, right? All of a sudden we are immediately right off the bat expanding who gets to be involved in this Jesus movement Um, because we've gone to a private home and he's touching a female that he's not married to which would have been something. Uh, And then the rest of this verse is about him casting out demons uh, under the cover of night, which I think is an interesting Something you could explore a little bit, and then then he says we're not limiting this to just this village. We uh, we we've, we've got to go. We've got to go out and go out to more villages, uh, and because that's what I've been called to do. So I don't know. That's that's my first pass
0: at this. <laughs> yeah, this like that idea of an expansion is interesting to me because I uh, one of the three potential sermon titles that are in the bulletin. Um, <clears throat> I've there's a sense here to me that this almost gets away from him at this point, that, that it's almost overwhelming to him. And and this is, this is also partly just kind of how, how Mark, whoever wrote Mark, the gospel of Mark writes, there's this almost sense of this sort of overwhelming totality of this, right. Um, They bring to him, all who were sick or possessed with demons, right? The whole city gathers outside the door. Um, he cures many. He casts out demons. in um, the morning, then when it's still dark, he gets up and he goes, he's, he needs a break. Right? He's going to a deserted place. He needs to pray. He needs to get away from everybody. The, the disciples, they're described as hunting for him. Right. I caught, I caught that verb too. I thought
1: that was interesting.
0: <laughs> which is which is interesting, right? And they say him, everyone is searching for you. Right? Um, and why are they searching for him? Maybe, maybe they have more work that they want him to do. Maybe they have accolades that they want to give him for some reason. Maybe they have questions um, that they want to ask. Uh, and to me, I almost get this sort of sense of... Um, this, this work isn't there's going to be no end <laughs> to this work um, and and there's this sort of there's this totality to it there's this need for a break um, from it and I, I think those are some of the ideas that are really resonating with me especially you know most a lot of people that I talk to are tired um, they're tired of dealing with, the pandemic, they're tired of dealing with making two or three or four sets of plans to do anything. Um, there's this sort of almost overwhelming nature of things um, that's going on. And in the midst of that, he takes a break, needs to step away, and he says, okay, now we have to go to the next town because um, we have to keep doing this this work.
1: Yeah. Well, in the, in the Gospel of Mark, you mentioned sort of the style. It's it's um, it's like an action movie, right? It just goes from one set of action to the next set of action to the next set of action. Uh, and and biblical scholars tell us Mark was probably the first gospel that was actually written, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> On papyrus or whatever writing material they were writing on right so even though in our bible they're listed as matthew mark luke and john it turns out mark was probably the first one and then matthew built upon the Markian tradition and the Markian tradition is this just rapid fire boom 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 we were we moved through jesus earthly ministry mm-hmm. um and and yeah i think we could take a moment to pause right now and look at our own lives over the last year and 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 we're just boom, 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 moving through and trying to continue to do this earthly ministry, trying to continue to be the hands and feet of Christ in the world. And the conditions are changing each day. We don't know what's going to come at us the next day. We're waiting for the next shoe to drop or uh, the next uh, strain of the COVID virus to make it to our shores or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it is overwhelming. Um, And, jesus smartly takes a brief break from it right early on first chapter of mark jesus recognizes the importance of sabbath taking yeah and he gets up early in the morning while it's still dark and buoys on out of there so he has some quiet time to pray um and i guess are 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 we making that quiet time to pray for ourselves should we be in you know jesus is setting a model there's um there's a funny meme that like uh a pastor says, well, I don't take a day off because the devil doesn't take a day off. And somebody says back to the pastor, is that who you want as your role model? <laughs> <laughs> Cause our role role model, Jesus says that Sabbath taking is important. Jesus mm-hmm. takes the time to slip out and pray by himself. He takes the time um, to go up on the mountain and pray later in his ministry. I mean, like these are common themes in Jesus ministry and, and, mm-hmm. And I think if we're using that Sabbath time effectively and well, well, effectively, that's, I mean, that gets us back into this, get it all done mentality, but I I don't know.
0: I just, yeah, something I'm thinking about. Yeah. Well, and I think that there's a sense, even if we didn't have all of the complicating factors of, of living in a, in a pandemic, um, there is still this, sometimes there can be this sort of overwhelm. This like this work never stops, right? Um, I'm I'm reminded of, I'm trying to remember where it is in the Bible. Jesus talks about the poor you will always have with you, Um, that that there is always another uh, stomach to fill. There is always another um, person to help find shelter and warmth. There is always another person to offer compassion to and, and empathy and, and a shoulder to cry on. Um, and so even if we didn't have all the other stuff floating around in the world, I, there is sometimes this tendency to get, to get sucked into it. And, and, um, and it can be kind of overwhelming. Um, one of the things that I was interested about this passage also is, um, he does some proclaiming in the synagogue, uh, we don't get a sense in this passage what this message is, right? Uh, and then verse 38 let us go on to the neighboring towns so that I may proclaim the message there also, right? For that is what I came out to do. So is the message just, you know, whatever sermon he has worked up that he's going to give, is the message? the sermon, and these sorts of works. Um, he went throughout Galilee proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. Um, earlier in the chapter, we maybe get a sense that, that the message had to do with repentance um, and believing that the, the kingdom of God had drawn near. Um, as there's this, so To me, there's this interesting combination of what uh, Jesus was saying his mission is to, is to proclaim the message, to preach the word, and also to do good works. It, uh, that the message is the, is the totality of both of those things, if that is making sense.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think um, we, we talk about this with some frequency, this notion of proclamation of the good news or proclamation of the gospel in word and deed, mm-hmm. um, that it needs to be both, uh, that one alone is, is, is not sufficient, that if we just talk to people about the good news but don't demonstrate the good news through our lives and our actions and, and love of God and love of neighbor, um, it's hollow the other side of that is true as well um that if all we ever do is is just the actions but we don't take the time to explain why we're doing those actions if we don't share that it's our faith that drives us it's our belief in jesus christ that drives us to this work um that also can be hollow because then uh we're not able to 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 sort of proclaim this holistic gospel in word and deed and so. Um, I think you can err to one side or the other, and there's, uh, there's danger of both. I know in my 20s, I certainly erred uh, a lot more to the side of, of doing the good work, but not necessarily articulating my faith while I was doing the good work. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a famous quote attributed to St. Francis of Assisi where he says, preach the gospel at all times and use words when necessary, Right. Mm-hmm. And I sort of, I sort of hung my hat on that quote and uh, said, "Well, if I'm out there doing good work in the world, I don't necessarily need to share my faith with people. I'm sharing it exclusively through my actions." Yeah. And um, I think that that there's more to it than just the actions. I think it's 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 the word and deed. And Jesus demonstrates this in this short little ten verses of Mark. It's both, right? It's the healing. Mm-hmm. And proclaiming, it's the casting out demons and giving the message. It's it's both and not either or, and and we're called to do both, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I just why didn't they write down what he was proclaiming? Mm. That would make it easier, wouldn't it? Um, I mean, and obviously we're supposed to read the rest of the story, and the rest of the story probably gives us some more insights into you know what this message was that he was wandering around and proclaiming um but yeah we don't well, and,
1: and like luke pretty clearly lays it out for us right the, yeah. the beginning of jesus earthly ministry um he walks into the synagogue asks for a scroll unrolls it and quotes from isaiah that i've come to bring uh, good news to the poor release to the captives recovery of sight to the blind and to proclaim the year of the lord's favor mm-hmm. and then he rolls, and then he rolls it up hands it back and says uh, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing and goes out and starts his earthly ministry. And so we have a better sense from Luke of what that proclamation was uh, than we do from Mark. Uh, but still, I think um, I think we get a sense of what he was proclaiming in terms of that good news in his actions of healing and in his actions of casting out demons. Right.
0: Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah. An ethic of care. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm for others, an ethic of responding to those in need. Um, and I mean, the, you know, earlier in the chapter, he does, he proclaims a message of repentance, um, uh, of turning from our erred ways, um, and towards sort of, sort of other things, um, and believing that the kingdom of God is, that the time is here, that the kingdom of God has drawn, drawn near, um, and is most likely made known through these sorts of through these sorts of acts. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. This yeah, is find, yeah, this, go ahead.
1: Oh, I, I just I find um Presbyterians uh get a little nervous talking about their faith in public settings sometimes. Um mm-hmm. I th- also think there's some cultural stuff with Midwesterners wanting to be polite and not wanting to offend anyone. Um and so I think there's a there's a call here uh, for those who lean heavily into the proclamation of the good news in deed to remember that there is also proclamation of the good news in word and vice versa for, for people who are comfortable talking about their faith. Are they also out living their faith and, and and showing the good news through their deeds? And, and so I think we, we can all recognize that tension and, and live into that tension in each of our own ways, figure out where we're least comfortable, most comfortable and lean into the discomfort where we're least comfortable, even as we continue to do where we're most comfortable. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: So do you think it'll preach, Damon? I suspect that it will. (laughs) It's, um, and well, maybe we'll talk about this a little bit later, but you know, in Kylie's little, in her five for five things, she recommended that people use the gospel of Mark, um, during this week, right? Uh, and this is, it's such a vivid story. Um, there's, there's a lot going on, uh, and there's a lot to sort of imagine your way into, um, and to think about. So yes, uh, my answer is that yes, I think it will preach.
1: Yeah, so let's uh, let's roll into some announcements and, and let's let's talk about Kylie's five for five. Uh, these are the these prayer and spiritual practices that Kylie is offering us. Uh, Encouraging us to spend five minutes per day, five days a week, um, and each week she's offering us a different practice. So uh, two weeks or last week it was uh, think about where you sit in church and think about the people who s- typically sit around you in your pews and, and pray for them, and and better yet, write them a note or reach out to them, call them. And see how they're doing, um, and I thought that was a beautiful practice. This week, uh, she got us to this Ignatian way of praying the Bible, where we attempt to put ourselves into the biblical narrative. And so we read through the Bible story, and we think, okay, let me put myself two thousand years ago in first century Palestine. What what did I what what did I smell? What did I mm-hmm. feel? What were the clothes I was wearing? And make yourself a character in this. And and she encouraged us to read through the Gospel of Mark this week. Just flipping through, finding different stories, and putting ourselves right in the midst of the biblical narrative, and it's a powerful way to pray the Bible. Um, and I, I encourage that uh, to anyone, and encourage any of these five for five practices. We've we've been collecting those videos uh, that Kylie has made on our church's YouTube page. Um, I should resend that link out sometime this week and just uh, point people back to them because they are just really great ways to connect with and grow in our faith, uh, connect with God, and and with one another,
0: so good stuff Uh, there. Yeah, I think especially as we um, move closer and closer to the season of Lent, those, it would be good for folks to, it's a great resource for folks to be able to return back to, and uh, there's simple ways to add a little bit of prayer into your daily life, Um, and going along with that, for the season of Lent, uh, we have, or are in the middle, I guess, of Producing a Latin devotional guide for this year. Uh, the guide's a little it's structured a little bit differently um, than the guides that we've done in the past. The guides that we've done in the past have just been, you know, a, a prayer for the day, and they were lovely prayers, beautiful prayers uh, written by members and and staff of First Pres. This guide is really designed um, to be sequential, so each day builds on the day that came before it. Um, and it's really designed with the intention of helping people of faith move into more unifying spaces, uh, however we might think of that. Um, and especially within our own selves, right, within our own hearts. Like, how do we cultivate more empathetic ways of viewing one another and of understanding one another? How do we cultivate more compassionate ways uh, of of engaging in conversation with one another, and um, and obviously it's it's with a nod with this sort of notion of we live in what feels like pretty divided times, and 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 wondering about our call as people of faith um, to move in in unifying directions and how might we do that so. Uh, we in the, in the I think everything is written for it. Uh, it should get printed um, hopefully this week. And then we will start to um, get that out to folks. Um, so folks can be on, on the lookout for that. To go along with that, there are going to be three offerings of discussion group times. So if folks really want to really kind of dive into it and have conversation partners, Uh, as they go through the work of the book um, those there will be some options available there's a couple options over the noon hour there's one early morning option Um, trying to I think there's Sundays Tuesdays and Fridays yeah Sundays at noon Tuesdays
1: at noon uh, and then I think Thursday morning or Friday morning I can't remember which Kylie picked
0: I can't remember either
1: yeah but we'll uh, we'll keep you updated on that (laughs) let me um, yeah I so I had this idea uh, and had been been talking a little bit with Kylie and Damon about it, and and just said, I think one of the greatest threats facing uh, our church churches, is not our church specifically, First Presbyterian Church of Hastings, but the Christian witness is this polarization and uh, the way we're so fractured. And uh, and you know, oftentimes we encourage people to give something up for Lent, to fast from something. And I had pitched the idea, how about we encourage the whole congregation to fast from things that cause us to be polarized, fast from polarizing news sources, fast from social media. What does that look like? And it was that kernel of an idea that Kylie and Damon took and ran with. And they have put together this incredible uh, guide to walk us through 40 days of reflecting on our polarization and our disunity and encouraging us towards unity found in Christ. Um, so I'm very excited about this Lenten devotional guide. Uh, they gave me a draft copy of it, which I, I read over the weekend, and uh, I commend it to you. We're going to encourage our whole church, uh, as as Damon said, we're, we're printing a copy for every family. We're going to send them out to you, and we are encourage our whole church to spend the entire season of Lent uh, working together towards this notion of Christian unity by reflecting on, on these things. So I'm excited for that. Thank you, Damon. And, uh, Kylie, if you're listening, thank you for uh, your work on that. So
0: if she is listening. She's probably listening on one and a half speed. She does that. Is that how she does her podcasts? Uh, I know some of them. Do you think she does that to ours too? I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> it probably depends on how much time she has in her schedule. On the, on that day. Did, did we just
1: suggest to people that that's an, an acceptable way to listen to the Monday check in is on one and a half speed?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think if you like listening to us, but also you think, ah, oh, if only they were in a slightly higher register, that's the solution. <laughs> Does it change the register? Have you done this before? Well, sure. I, I mean, it's, it's like a record when you put it on a higher speed. All okay. The, all the pitches go up. Good to know. <laughs> yeah.
1: Now I want to experiment with this and see if I sound like a chipmunk. Um,
0: <laughs> all right. I don't think it gets that. I don't think one and a half speed gets us to chipmunk levels, um, but eventually you would. Yeah. Um, a couple other quick announcements
1: for you as you listen to us at one and a half speed or at regular speed. Uh, Now everybody's going to be like,
0: wait, is that an option? Yeah, I bet you could, if you wanted, I bet you could listen to us at half speed and then we'd all sound like James Earl Jones. Indeed.
1: (laughs) Well, uh, yesterday, Sunday, we held what we call our annual congregational meeting. And, uh, just wanted to let you all know about that, um, Typically that's something we do in person, but because of this pandemic, we did it uh, in a digital format, uh, but we are going to be posting it and sending it out to you so that you, if you were not able to participate uh, in that digital format, you can be updated as, as to what's going on in the life of our church, um, as well as annual reports and all that stuff. So that was, uh, that was great. And a, a special thanks to Eric Nielsen for making the technology and all that happen. It was pretty amazing the way it all worked out. Um, so, Additionally, we, we updated you with this last week, but uh, Session uh, met a week and a half ago and made the decision that we're going to continue our stay-at-home worship for uh, at least the next two months through mid-March, um, unless, unless the risk dial published by the South Heartland District Health Department moves down into the yellow. And then we will try to find a way to do some in-person worship experiences while still seeking to uh, protect the health and safety and lives of our congregation members and our community. So... That's what's going on with that. Uh, Anything else we need to update folks on? Uh,
0: Just in regards to to worship and how we're going to do that. um, Ash Wednesday is coming up, and we may want to talk a little bit about what our plan is um, for Ash Wednesday.
1: Yeah, and this will be the the world premiere of that plan. We haven't actually discussed this or published this anywhere, so uh, you're hearing it first here on the Monday check-in. Damon and I plan to have the sanctuary open. On Ash Wednesday. And either he or I will be there. We'll have blocks of hours that we are there. And uh, so church members are invited to come down. We'll have some uh, meditative music playing over the sound system. And when you arrive, we'll give you a a liturgy or a prayer to to read quietly to yourself. Um, And then uh, either Damon or I will be there to pray with you and also to impose ashes on you. Uh, and then I think that evening at about seven o'clock, we will have a, uh, an Ash Wednesday service that goes live on our Facebook page as well, that people can watch if they uh, are wanting to have a a slightly more formalized service than just the, the stop by the church. But, um, this is a chance for folks to get back in our sanctuary, uh, to pray, um, to be in that space, uh, that sacred space, and also to pray with uh, with me or Pastor Damon, we might also have Kylie in the mix there too. We'll see how that all works out. So, does
0: that did I get that? Yeah, I think so. Just seem as you know, seem to make while we were talking about what was going on in terms of worship, um, yeah. folks might be going. Uh, that's the seventeenth, I think, of February. Yes. February. Yes, sir. So, um, beyond that, I can share. Uh, forum is on a, on a brief little hiatus. Uh, we just finished up a series on spirituality and the arts um, that was really good, led by Turner McGee and Byron Jensen and Ruth Nielsen. And uh, folks can find recordings of those on our YouTube page, um, or we'll be able to find them very soon on the YouTube page. And the forum will return on Sunday, February 21st. Um, Dan Deffenbaugh, our scholar in residence is going to lead uh, a series all during Lent, uh, based on kind of based on using the Isenheim Altarpiece as as a starting point for each week. Um, so the Isenheim Altarpiece, uh, for folks who may not know, uh, folks who like me uh, were completely ignorant of its ex- existence, uh, is. Is, is a painted altarpiece uh, and it has different um, depictions of scenes uh, of biblical characters and from the Bible and so dan will use those depictions of those biblical characters uh, as ways of sort of sort of a jumping off point to talk about different uh, so here's the the, the beloved disciple who was that how it is uh, the beloved one yeah that? Um, and so I'll talk about about that disciple or maybe talk about Mary or um, talk about other sorts of things. So it should be really, really interesting uh, and an interesting way to sort of learn a little bit more about where do we get these uh, interpretations of these characters and how is that developed over time and uh, how does it compare maybe to to the the way that they're actually described or depicted in the biblical stories. Uh, So that'll that'll return on February 21st. so folks can look forward to that um and airs apparent which is another adult ed um study group conversation group is also meeting um so if folks are interested in, in joining up with that on sunday mornings um you can contact us and, and we'll get them connected yep
1: and our middle school and high school youth groups are going to restart here uh this wednesday um and uh, we'll be meeting on Wednesday evenings at seven o'clock with uh, masks and social distancing. And mm. uh, our pre-K through fifth grade is going to be continue to be remote. Um, and we do that primarily for the protection of the safety and health of our uh, our volunteer Sunday school teachers, uh, many of whom fall into at-risk groups. And so uh, Steph Brader, our director at has done a phenomenal job of editing videos each week uh, for that, and she invites different uh, Sunday school teachers in to help uh, lead those videos, and they have just turned out beautifully. So uh, when you get those emails on Friday that have those videos, even if you don't have kids or grandkids, click on the link and watch them. They're great. Um, And if you do have grandkids that don't live in Hastings, but uh, you are interested in helping with their biblical education forward the links on to your uh, to your kids and, and invite them to share them with your grandkids i think they're uh, they're really powerful and meaningful videos uh that help us help children grow in their faith uh even in this strange strange time so yeah
0: i think that would be good i
1: think, I think that's all prior. we got you got anything yeah. else to...
0: no i think it's time for a closing prayer you got it. Let's uh let's let's pray. Gracious God, as we
1: dig into the gospel of Mark and the rapid fire nature of Jesus' ministry that unfolds before us in the first chapter. Help us place ourselves in the midst of that story because ultimately that story is your story, God. And that story is our story because we are your precious children. Help us learn from the work of Jesus, his proclamation of the good news in word and in deed. Invite us to be proclaimers of the good news in word and in deed. Inspire us to do that. Give us the courage to do it boldly, God. Continue to bless and guide the work of this church and its members as we strive to be your hands and feet in the world and proclaim your good news. It's in Jesus' name we pray.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, with all those things said and done, toodaloo.